0: Welcome back to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, a stand-up comedy and lifestyle podcast featuring comedians in the South Carolina area. It is the week of July 19th. So, uh, yeah, excited to still be doing it. Is it sound like I'm trying to talk myself into that? I don't know. Did you ever get into like a mood where you're like like it's re- you're you're doing something? I mean, this is episode 14. So that means we've been doing it for uh, at least three months. Um, yeah. So we're kind of in the dog days of summer, but we still love comedy. I still love all these people that are on this show. And I don't, you know, uh, I hope you guys aren't sick of it yet. Um, cause I'm going to keep doing it cause I don't have anything better to do. And I love you guys. Whoever is listening, all 40 to 100 of you all who listen no it's great it's great i'm just venting it's sunday well i'm recording this on sunday at twelve twenty, and i uh, just woke up so uh but anyway i'm very very excited about the guest today because it's david zasloff and david just moved here from los angeles he's been a professional comedian for i don't want to date him i mean he's he's an older guy But he's been doing it for 30 to 40 years. He started comedy. um, I don't actually know. I think he started comedy before this. But he's done a lot of professional work in the AA community. um, The Narcotics Anonymous community. They do shows. um, But he is a headlining comedian. He has... uh, uh, I actually have his card here as well. He's got a website. He's got his whole... He's got an act. He's bookable as a... um, headlining act he does clean material and he does completely not clean material as well so um th- our interview is fantastic i could have let him just talk for two hours um because he's got so much wisdom about comedy and about um about kind of how about life um even if you don't agree with everything he says i mean it's a fascinating perspective and i always like listening to people i like listening to people that are his age in general let alone a comedic uh perspective so anyway uh the interview's great hope you enjoy it do not miss it I will say it's not clean at all at all so if you're nervous if you're nervous about language I wouldn't listen to it but if you know there there is language and but yeah I would recommend listening to it if that doesn't offend you okay so this week in local comedy I'm going to go through the mics that are here local to greenville south carolina so starting off uh, monday night at seven o'clock is coffee underground hosted by craig holcomb and um seven o'clock sign up no cover uh no expectations comedy after that on monday night eight o'clock habiba's mediterranean restaurant all jokes aside open mic hosted by dante anderson on tuesday night um in anderson <laughs> do littles a restaurant downtown anderson hosted by robin scott um that is an open mic and our feature comedian this week is chris diorio chris is awesome i actually just did a show with him and brandon rainwater and jay Orr last uh friday um and we're going to be having chris diorio on the podcast so tuesday night anderson um We're kind of taking a pause on my mic that that we've done here uh, just because Tuesday night it's too much to do with these two mics. I go to the Anderson one, so it's hard for me to get back in time. So TBD on my rooftop mic. We may do something there. Just watch it, my Instagram. Uh, Wednesday night, Radio Room, 8 o'clock, hosted by Adam Schulte. No cover. Um, That open mic is starting to become a party. Uh, Last week was phenomenal. We said goodbye to Kelby Tidy. Not goodbye, See you later, Kelby. Um, um, (laughs) Thursday night, Comedy Zone, the I'm Ready competition finals. We have some of uh, some great members uh, or not members, but former guests of the podcast are competing. So Tucker Lawson uh, will be there. Um, uh, Who else is competing? Uh, Kirkland Manning. There's a few other people. Kirkland's going to be on the podcast next week um so yeah come out and support I'm not in the finals which I think is bs just kidding it's fine but yeah come out and support comedy zone ten dollars uh eight o'clock start for that show Friday night liberty joke show hosted by Tom Emmons this is at the Pickens County Performing Arts Center great show it's a squeaky clean comedy show so if you want to come out and support that um I don't know if there's a headliner this week, but it should be a good, fun, open mic show regardless. Sunday night, Chris Wilson has opened up a mic called Only Jokes. Um, it's at 8 p.m., sign up at 7. It's at Pub Food and Spirits, 1934 Cedar Lane Road in Greenville. All right, that's it for comedy. Here's the interview with David. Hope you enjoy it. from <laughs> me. Because
1: it can, it can oh, I'm telling you a joke of, oh,
2: fuck that. <laughs>
1: okay,
0: well, one second. We're starting recording. Oh, all right. But uh, this is David Zasloff. Correct. One of my favorite guests that we've had. Oh. And I, I hit record because David was right in the middle of a conversation about uh, using the mic. Right. And, uh, and not using the mic. And not using the mic. And not, not le- Knowing mic technique is good.
1: And you know what I noticed? most people here including every place we've been yeah the mic setting for, for the tone is critical and no, it's like a poetry session nobody knows how to set it correctly so that what you, is the ideal mic setting warm tone warm. warm tone. in other words there's usually on the amplifier there's you can accent the highs the mid range and the low range and normally whoever's setting it doesn't Set it for a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 don't know what they don't know how to set a microphone. So when the when the sound comes out, which is your voice, which is critical for comedy. Right. That's all we have is our voice. We don't have a saxophone or a, 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 a trumpet or something. Right. You know we have a voice, and the voice carries the, the internal spiritual um, mystic. A thing that we are, right, and the jokes, if they're good jokes are usually are deep, uh, or even if they're no, either, silly, even if it's silly, it still has a tone like Dangerfield, even though his jokes were silly, what he had a great tone right Don Rickles, great tone sure great great love mm-hmm. in the voice, and the voice needs to be projected correctly, otherwise you'll lose. Right. The feeling of who you are. Interesting, and the and it gets it gets it distorts everything.
0: So the story you were telling uh, when we started was a show you did where the mic stopped working. Right. You put down the mic. Right. And then you started just projecting right. of your own voice. Right. And, and you said that made all the difference because oh, your true I, emotion. Well, I
1: was yelling. I was
0: yelling, and I and I was I was
1: in I was in the glory of my own pure existence without a microphone
0: just my body and whoever and whoever i am was that your first time feeling that and how long had you been doing stand-up quite a while that okay like how many years in i don't remember at this point it was a lot of years but it, it
1: uh it got me thinking about how much i needed to be be more vibrant on stage and the way and the microphone was inhibiting me because it was, it was so powerful. I didn't have to use my own power Okay. to be, to be vibrant. I could use the microphone, but the microphone is not who I am. Right. You know, and, to, and if, if you're na- funny naturally, it's going to come out without a mic mm-hmm. and then you get on stage, you know, unfortunately, if you're doing a huge room, you need a microphone. Right. But you, then you need an engineer who knows how to set the dials right. So it's. So your voice, who you are, gets transmitted as best as it can be through an, elef- an electronic device, yeah, which is prone to distort who you are. Right. And most of the guys who run these clubs, they're mm-hmm. rock and roll guys. They don't give a fuck about sound., <laughs> 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 you know, they want to hear the crashing cymbals and loud, f- fuzzy guitars and all that stuff. That's not what comedies. that's not you need your voice. you need to hear your voice. Yeah.
0: Them. So how do you use the mic today?
1: Everything you do is, would you say, is intentional? I back away from the mic, even at the comedy zone. Mm-hmm. I will put the mic down here to give to, to just let it. I just want to use it to amplify my my voice a little. But I want me to be exerting my body, and my vo- and my voice to get my to get my words across. Okay. So they come. I, so I'm, I'm. So it comes, across as being genuine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. You know. It's it's like I said before. It's it's life and death. It's the difference of life and death.
0: Yeah, yeah. You said this to me when you walked in too about how every word on stage is precious. Right. Should be intentional. There should be emotion behind it. Good writing. Good writing. Good diction. Every every word gets heard.
1: Every word has has an importance in the joke.
3: Okay.
1: And then there's times when you know you can break through that if especially if you're going to improvise when things are just happening mm-hmm. that's a whole different experience cuz then you're in the moment and then and then you're bringing the audience into the moment mm-hmm. and that's when shit's really funny yeah you know that's and then then it's then you're naturally funny you know it's going to be it's, yeah. it's going to be funny cuz most people in the audience don't live in the moment at all they live 20 years past they you know they they're not they're not in the moment Sure, and you bring them in the moment, and it's
0: and they experience some of the joy that you're projecting. And it's funny being in the moment is pretty fucking funny, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, being in the moment is a challenge, I think, with open mics where you have mostly comics in the audience, right? To me, uh, doing material in that environment feels maybe a little bit like you're not in the moment, you're just reciting things to people yeah. who have heard. I mean, how do you manage that type of environment when um, you're trying to be genuine? You have to use
1: the open mic to to fuck up. Yeah. You know, the the further the open mic is away from, you know, agents or NBC or <laughs> whatever, whoever's out there looking looking around, whatever, just fuck up. Just, yeah. That's the place to fuck up. And, you know, like in, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. there's very, very few places like that. We're lucky here in South Carolina. There's a lot of places where you can fuck up. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> but then again, not really. Like even the coffee underground, you don't want to fuck up too much there. Right. You know, these people have been around for years and years, and they're wonderful, and they're welcoming, and they're... Uh, forgiving and tolerant but still it's a it's a substantial place as small as it is Mm -hmm. i consider it very important
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: very important the the room tonight Mm -hmm. is a place where you can really fuck up yeah that's that's where you can really test some material Mm -hmm. and you you still give it your all right
0: you still put everything you have
1: into it right
0: radio room yeah that's where we'll be headed after this that's a good room. It is. It's very fun. Uh,
1: it's a, and he's a good guy. Yeah,
0: Adam Schulte. He he's is. a good guy. we see seeing him tonight. He's the only other Jew I know so far <laughs> in yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. We, and we're both bad Jews. Both
1: bad he's Jews. He's a bad German Jew. I'm a bad Russian Jew. Yeah. And we get along. It's this
0: great. is great. Yeah, so uh, we well, will do a quick introduction. I'll probably do it before the... Interview starts But David moved here From Los Angeles Has it been a month now Or Three two? months Three months already Wow months, Yeah Okay So uh, And you've been doing comedy Professionally For 30 plus I don't want to date At you least but, Something like that Yeah So I, When I met you For the first time I mean I was just So excited Because All due respect To the local comedians here The guys have been doing it No, Nobody I've met Has been doing it As long as you have Right um, Nor has we met somebody who came from LA, so uh, now I'm not trying to suck up or anything, but seriously, it's like it was, facts. It, it was cool. And we were searching in the dark. A lot of us trying to get better, so it's it's cool to have. Somebody. The search never stops. Yeah, never stops. And and that search is because we we've talked about it kind of like philosophically about stand up and how it's it's a way to kind of figure out who you are yeah. on stage. I mean what 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 is the search never stops what do you mean by that to you i mean that's
1: um i'm constantly writing you know i'm i'm living a whole new life in south carolina mm-hmm. this is totally the bible belt right <laughs> fucking <laughs> i got so many i got huge bits about you know i'm i'm not a big fan of the the church or the pope <laughs> Right You know I'm not a big fan Of religion at all Okay And uh, you know I'm Jewish I'm not a big fan There's a lot of hypocrisy There also So Sure I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna back anybody That I think is full of shit
0: Yeah And uh So you're coming into a place Where there could be a lot of tension
1: Oh already I have felt I have said some stuff I think that night At the pizza place Yeah You know there was some moment, There was intense moments In that night Yeah And I like that Yeah I like that tension fortunately i believe i believe what i believe intensely yeah and i believe in evolution you know i'm a big fan of evolution a lot of people don't down there's a lot of people in in los angeles that don't believe in evolution right it's amazing yeah that's amazing yeah Yeah, and the the earth could be flat to these people as far as i know
0: you should walk around downtown there's some flat earth people that. uh no no oh yeah yeah they got their little displays up and everything Oh, but uh, that's no, it? Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, there's, there's flat uh, go earth to the, people. Here? Yeah, there's flat Earth people. There's uh, there's other weird kind of cult like groups that hand out pamphlets. I've oh, got I got experience. That. Oh yeah, yeah. We can okay. walk out later. Later, but uh, but yeah, that set you did at the at the pizza place and easily. What I loved about that was, like you said, you were, you know, as as a Jewish guy from L.A. Uh, you know non-religious i mean you went right at it with your material and like i was just i was looking around to see the reactions of of folks and it was tentative at first i think but you Very, broke them yeah in a really profound and some of the also edgier material that like um you got them to crack the black jews stuff oh yeah that was <laughs> you could feel the room get nervous, like "Oh my gosh, where's he going with this?" And then you would just keep going, and then you get them at the end of it. I think
1: the trick that night was the fact that I admitted that I was. I admitted to the audience that some of them were sitting there and wondering, "What?
0: The, who the? What the fuck is this guy saying?" You spoke what they were
1: thinking. Yeah, yeah. I knew they were thinking that. They had a right to think that because I'm saying shit. That they are—they have been trained to not believe, or not, or pay, not not pay attention to, Mm -hmm. or disbelieve fervently. Yeah, you know, with with as much power as the religious organization can muster in them. Mm -hmm. And I am completely opposed to that.
3: Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: And it it didn't come across as preachy to me either. You were just offering your view of things. Yeah, I said, "This is what I believe." Fuck it, I'm going to say it.
1: (laughs) It's wonderful for me to be able to reach that point in my life where I can stand in front of people who believe the exact opposite of what I believe and say, "This is, you know, this is what I believe.
0: And How long did it take you to get to that point? A lot point? of years.
1: A lot of years. A lot of years of being afraid of what I thought, that my thoughts would scare me. Um, and I would say, oh, do I have to say that? And usually when, when that, and I've heard other comics say this to comics who I respect a lot, when that thought comes, oh, do I have to say that? Yeah, that's the, yeah, usually that thought that is that is scary or terrifying or uh, be it a sexual thought or a religious thought or an anti-religious thought, whenever that scary thought comes in, that's a good thing to, to start talking about.
0: Lean into it.
1: And uh, and and figure out where I believe what I what it is I believe like abortion, mm-hmm. you know that's a huge issue,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I'm. A, it's not that I'm Jewish; I just don't believe in abortion because I've been through three of them, mm-hmm. and, and as a man, they were uncomfortable for me. I was way more uncomfortable for the woman. Right, I don't know, you know, and I don't know about that either. Well, mm-hmm. I know my feelings were, were terrible. I would hate to have to go through another one. I wouldn't want to experience. The death of of whatever whatever someone wants to call it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I've had to examine abortion to find out what it is, and I so I'm really opposed to abortion for me. I'm not opposed to abortion for anybody else. Okay, you know, if somebody wants to get needs an abortion, I believe that that should be their right. Mm -hmm. And I I also don't like women who are using uh, abortion the the desire to have an abortion as a, a political sure or a, a political correctness thing they, they they don't have to justify women should should not have to justify an abortion just, yeah they should just be able to get one the church should not be running on political situation right and that's the church at work in the congress yeah dictating uh, anti-abortion and that's bullshit
0: yeah well these uh, these issues are complicated no they're um. not. They're not.
1: Life is simple. You fuck. <laughs> you conceive. That's it, right there. Sperm. Well, sperm hits the egg. Boom, yeah. You got life.
0: Yeah. That's it. You want to? Well, if that's life, can you take the life? Say it again. Morally, if that's life, can you eliminate it with morally? Morally,
1: I don't know. Right or wrong? I think You know, I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said, "Right or wrong is a matter of thinking." Was murder morally right or wrong? Depends. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, some people are monsters. Some people are are actual monsters. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've had really smart friends of mine who are completely opposed to the death penalty, and um, you know, I think about someone doing anything to my kid. I would, I would. It's a horrible thought.
3: Yeah.
0: I don't. I. I don't know. I don't have children, so I can't relate to that. But I've heard that... Uh, you don't want anybody... That instinct of protecting yeah. a child or if something ever happened. You, the, anybody hurting a kid. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I probably should have a kid. Do you think it made you less selfish as a person?
1: When you're ready to have a kid. When well, I'm ready, yeah. Yeah, when you're ready. When the right woman comes along. Or yeah. right guy, you could invite... You know,
0: <laughs> Thanks, David. I know
1: a lot of guys... <laughs> A lot of gay guys. I'm not gay, David. Huh? I'm not gay, but oh yeah, no, I'm yeah. just talking. I don't. I didn't <laughs> think you were. <laughs> I didn't think
2: so. No, uh, no. It's... I don't
1: want anybody listening to this think that I'm a. You know, gay. Gay guys are great parents. Yeah. Or just. Uh, I've not, I don't. I don't know bad gay parents. Yeah. I don't. More of the gay people I know I, I don't know a lot of gay, gay parents
0: actually. But. I did a
1: lot of gigs in a gay temple in. A, which is really You know the Gay temple in, in Los Angeles I did a lot of Wonderful gigs So there. gay
0: temple Is that the whole congregation Is gay Or is it uh, just a Gay, gay friendly 98% 98%, 98%, and just...
1: 98% 97% okay. Quite a few Okay A couple of straight people Who are Still thinking about it Mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> just, could, could give it a shot Checking out the brochure like, Right <laughs>
0: This is interesting But
1: you know It's right down the street From the orthodox ta- uh, Temples uh-huh. San San La Brea And uh, And there's the gay temple And two f- Two or three blocks down Are the orthodox And they're completely opposed To each other Okay You know a lot of the orthodox people Do not want to hear anything about Sure Gay Jews They don't want that mm-hmm. Orthodox gay Jews Oh it must be a terrible
0: Yeah So Yeah orthodox Yeah Um So was there ever a point where you were devout and going to temple all the time? No. No. Okay. So you, no. you're you pretty secular. I've always As had you... a problem.
1: Yeah. I walked into my my mom enrolled me in Hebrew school when I was 11. And I went in and the, and the rabbi came in and he I remember this. He wrote a Hebrew word, which I could not figure out what that thing was and it was backwards. You had to read it, a, a thing I couldn't translate, and I had to read them backwards, and I said, nah, I'm leaving, this is not good for me. I yeah. wanted to play basketball, or play trumpet. I uh-huh. was playing trumpet back then, okay. I was 11 or 12. And I played hooky for two years, and my bar mitzvah was supposedly coming up, and um, that wasn't gonna happen. And my mom went to pick me up uh-huh. for the first time and she went to the rabbi and said, where's David? And the rabbi said, David who? He had, you hadn't been there in I, I had played years? hooky. I played hooky for two years. I would go to my cousin's house. He played trombone. We were about the same age. He played trombone and I played trumpet. And we played duets. And uh, fart. we made fart sounds on our, <laughs> on, on our, on our horns. Uh-huh. And then my mom was very, very uh, upset. And then I was walking one time. And I realized that I was a bad son. I wasn't getting bar mitzvah, so I asked my mom. It was about six months before when I was supposed to be 13. And I said, can I get bar mitzvah? I would do that. And she found the rabbi who taught me the sounds of the Hebrew words. I didn't understand what they meant. Uh-huh. But I learned the part of the Torah that I was supposed to say, just the sounds, and there's a melody that goes along with it. I got hip to the melody immediately. I got that down very fast. Okay. So I got my misfit, but it was, it was a farce. And we had a big party at the Tavern on the Green in Central Park. Wow! And, you know, big deal, big band, orchestra, and uh, I remember I got a lot of gifts and a lot of envelopes with money.
0: And this is when you're 13. Is I was that when that 13. Happens? I was not yeah. a good Jew. Okay. What does that mean? Not a good Jew? Just because it was more just the just ceremony? Didn't li- just didn't
1: like it. Mm-hmm. Just didn't. Uh, I've learned uh, over the years that the Jews are absolutely amazing people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, totally. When you look at the list of Pulitzer Prize winners and Nobel Peace Prize winners, it's way on the on the balance of Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah? In uh, philosophy, psychology, science... Uh, medicine, mm-hmm. everything. Jews are just incredibly inventive. Yeah, and I'm really proud to be Jewish. Yeah, and especially as a comic. Yeah, you know, look at all the Jewish comics. Yeah, Larry the, David and Jerry Seinfeld. All the two of my non-Jewish, comics that have stole our shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lenny Bruce, one of the worst Jews. There ever was, yeah. It was a great one. Lady Bruce was
0: a Jewish. I forgot about that. Oh my God,
1: so Jewish.
0: Yeah, so, so Jewish. Do you think what makes Jewish people funny is the uh, historical suffering? And there's a certain mentality. Mentality. A certain mentality. I
1: don't know if it's the suffering, but there's a certain gift. Mm-hmm. Certain way of looking at things, looking at the world. Certain way of looking at yeah. It. And there's a certain sense of fair play also in the in the jewish world now there's been a lot of hypocrisy recently because the the palestinian situation is insane Mm -hmm. you know the palestinians clearly there's not going to be peace until everybody has a place to live and yeah they're um, battling
0: over the land you
1: know this Mm -hmm. you can't expect people to be content when they have nothing and then you can't expect the jews to to not protect themselves Right It's cr- it's totally the epitome of insanity In this enormity of the universe Right We are here fucking killing each other Yeah On a piece of Over dirt Crappy dirt it, No, it's great dirt The
0: dirt is great it, I is I've, never dirt. Huh? I've, I've never been there I've well, never no, been there Well, no, I'm talking always, about man. dirt in
1: general Because yeah. most people don't Here's another subject Most people don't know the dirt is alive They don't even... People don't even think about how much we trash dirt. You know?
0: Yeah. You mean soil and general? Soil, earth. As, without yeah. that, there's nothing. Yeah.
1: There's no, there's no, there's no trees. There's no grass. There's no yeah. people.
0: We gotta make sure that doesn't go bad. I wrote, I have a T-shirt that says, "The uh, dirt lives."
1: You know, there was a sign. There was a bird. I think it was, um, Coltrane. John Coltrane was called. His nickname was Bird. You know, what don't, John Coltrane is. Yeah great great sax player mm-hmm. and i think his name was bird his, okay, nickname. That was his nickname and then and the slogan was "Bert lives you would see that uh in jazz clubs and toilets you know okay burt lives and i came up with dirt lives
0: <laughs> you still have t-shirts like that i have them yeah yeah you sell them yeah okay but nobody gets the joke nobody gets it. <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: only you gotta be over 70 to get that okay joke. 60 or 70
0: yeah well, that's cool. Dirt lives. So, uh, yeah, I, the
1: other T-shirt is uh, Hollywood, the place where truth lies.
0: That is funny.
1: Yeah, I wrote that before. True Lies, the movie came out. Okay, I think somebody heard that. I think somebody heard me say that. You think
0: they got the movie title
2: Absolutely. from your T-shirt?
1: Absolutely. Hollywood, the place where truth lies. Yeah, I've had a bunch of stuff that I've said forty years ago. I said cunt on stage 40 years ago 38 years ago what was the reaction uh I got to sleep with the prettiest girl in the room (laughs) 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 actually actually I got to date her you got to date her the prettiest girl in the room and it was it was so scary I remember I remember trying to think how can I say cunt and get away with it and uh and I wrote that whole monologue on
0: pussy. Yeah. That was the first set I ever saw you do. And you I, had ro- the room. I wrote that 38,
1: 38 years ago. Wow. Before the vagina monologues. <laughs> so did Lenny Bruce say cunt? I don't think so. Okay. He's, but the word that got him in trouble was cocksucker. Okay. Oh, that got him in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And his routines. The routines against the church, huh. which are brilliant. Mm-hmm. The most, and the word nigger, he did a he did a monologue in the, must have been the late fifties, early sixties, and a lot of comics don't know about that monologue. It's the best monologue on the word nigga that I've ever heard. How okay. how insane?
0: Is it available anywhere?
1: It's on, uh, on YouTube. It's on satellite radio. It's on. It's, I think it should be on YouTube. Okay, look it up. It's look it up. It's phenomenal.
0: Lenny Bruce says uh, the N word. Oh.
1: Not the N word. <laughs> the N word didn't exist. Back then, okay, there was no it wasn't no political
0: correctness. Okay, you know? I'm still afraid to say it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> even in your own house. <laughs> in my Own house, we're recording.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I don't know, but I don't. I, I Bruce... don't
1: think it. I don't. I think back then there was no nigga and nigger. I don't think there was that subtlety. There was just, the just nigger. Yeah, and uh, and he took it on.
0: Yeah, and it was brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Is uh, is Lenny Bruce? Is he I mean, do you have a favorite comedian? It's Lenny. Lenny. It's Lenny. Oh yeah, I name my cats Lenny. Yeah, <laughs> they only come inside to shit. Well, Lenny Bruce and Lenny Bernstein. Okay. Two of my favorites. Yeah. When did you uh, When did you discover that? two, two com- Jews? Yeah, <laughs> two Lennies. You said Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bernstein. Yeah. When did you first happen upon Lenny Bruce? Like, oh, I was young. I was the young when I heard I, I, my
1: my parents had um, an album by a lady by the name of Belle Barth. Okay. You don't know Belle Barth? Mm-mm. She played. I think it was the Flamingo Hotel in Florida, and she was big, big, heavy set woman. Played the piano, and she sang songs like "I'm Gonna Line a Hundred Men Up Against the Wall, Bet a Hundred Dollars I Can Bang 'Em All." I banged about ninety-eight. I thought my back would break. You know, that's what I remember as I was, When I was a kid Yeah, what and, year was this? Oh, God 1921 I knew 1956 Okay 57 And she sold a million copies Without
0: airplay <laughs> Yeah I mean, it was fucking amazing A million copies of a vinyl record That's good yeah. yeah I'm gonna bang a hundred dudes I'm gonna bang up against dudes. the wall, <laughs> Up against the wall <laughs> That's good Yeah uh, so then, you heard this as a kid I, I grew up listening to that So you were bar mitzvah at this point Or you were skipping school uh, Or is this a little after that
1: Somewhere around bar mitzvah time
0: Okay so you're
1: a teenager Yeah I was listening to Bell Barth and uh, Car- the opera Carmen right. I love that, I that.
0: And, when did, and, and you started playing the trumpet around that time as well I played
1: trumpet when I was uh, I played bugle first my dad didn't want to buy a trumpet. It was more more expensive than a bugle. I was playing bugle when I was 12, 13. I became the bugler for the Boy Scouts. And I blew bugle at the top of Rockefeller Center. Uh, it was a day that was dedicated to all the soldiers that died on uh, a, be- a famous beachhead. It's going, be going back a lot of years. It mm-hmm. was some invasion where a lot of soldiers passed away. D-dad, D-Day. D-Day invasion, D-day. Normandy. Yeah. Um,
0: So you you were playing an instrument. You were making the fart noises with the instruments pretty early. Oh, yeah. Did you also... Were you learning it seriously as well? I
1: studied with Jimmy Smith. He was the third trumpet player in the New York Philharmonic. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm classically trained. Yeah.
0: Because it was... Last night, your set. Yeah. You did a bit about a whale with the sound of the... And then you also did Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah. And uh, that was incredible. That was... To see both side by side Right Because most people When you did the joke People were like Because this guy even plays Or is just a gimmick But then you just played the bumblebee And we right. were like Whoa Yeah, And I had to follow you <laughs> I was like I, I can't play any of this crap
3: Oh uh, Yeah But
1: that was really cool Okay Yeah I love being on stage With the trumpet Yeah And you know the, the psychologists say I think I said it last night That the second worst person To marry is a trumpet player The, the worst person To marry is
0: a comic Yeah Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and your uh your wife got both god bless my wife uh-huh how
1: did you meet your wife i was doing comedy she was in the audience and um i was i did the pussy monologue that night and i did some stuff on the flute that was pretty uh risque mm-hmm. and she loved it and i i my set was over i went in the audience to watch the other comics mm-hmm. and she was sitting to my left and i took one look at her and i thought oh my god she's gorgeous uh-huh and then when the show was over she, i went to the bathroom she was coming out of the bathroom and she smiled at me Uh huh. and oh man i was so whoa and then the producer came over and said someone would like to meet you and it was her she she knew the producer okay and I was about to try and date the producer, because I really liked her. She's a comedian. Uh-huh. And I was very attracted to her. She was very, very funny. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she came over and told me that. And she said, uh, she's Cuban. She's 22. Uh-huh. And she likes older men. <laughs> and I thought, No. She's 22. She's too young. Uh-huh. And I wasn't going to bother with it. Uh-huh. She came over. We talked. And we exchanged numbers. She sent me an, e- an email the next day saying, I can't stop thinking about you and your performance. Wow. Because I did something on the flute. She's a classically trained Cuban piano player. Oh, okay. And she's hip to jazz and, mm-hmm. and, su- and um, Cuban music. And she's very well schooled. Mm-hmm. And what I did on the flute was pretty, uh, I tongued. I I was scatting and blowing the flute and tonguing at the same time and singing all together while I'm playing the flute, and she thought that was amazing.
0: As a part of your stand-up act?
1: Yeah. Of course, I had this bit about healing people with the flute, and I, for some reason, one time I was with this woman, and we were naked, and uh, she was dancing, and I was playing the flute, and, uh, and she sat on the bed, and I went over and put my flute on the end of a pussy <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know musicians are like that that's what we do No I don't know Yeah well that's what we do we just so sing like,
0: music <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I'm uh, blowing yeah. I'm blowing the flute for about 20 minutes a long time of course this beautiful melody came out of a pussy and I could feel it and I'm blowing <laughs> I'm, I'm blowing this thing and uh, and when I finished she said David, you just blew away. This is true. She's, I blew away all of her uh, negative feelings about her, her body and her genitals, and uh-huh. and she said she felt healed. Okay. And she gave me a big hug. And while she's hugging me, I'm thinking, oh man, I could do this for a living, you know. The, <laughs> yeah. And I, t- I told that story on stage that night. The
0: night your now wife. Yeah,
1: she heard well, that story. I have told her she's that. like you I want you to do that and to me. She said, you? Me next. <laughs> <laughs> me next.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we met. And yeah. we went on a date. She she uh she wrote me that email. I said, Okay, I'll invite her to a show. And she came to the next show and we went out to have coffee and we have been together ever since. Wow. Seventeen years. Seventeen years. With absolutely no doubt that she was the right right person for me to be with. Wow. So you met your wife later in life. Yeah, I was. Uh, she was twenty-two. I was fifty-nine. Wow, thirty-six year age. Thirty-six years.
0: What was it about her? Aside from being gorgeous, classically gorgeous. trained, she showed I mean, up on time. She showed
3: up on time.
1: When she said, "I'll be there at seven o'clock," she was there at seven o'clock. Okay, every time. So you totally, value punctuality. Totally trustworthy. 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 Mm-hmm. Funny. Great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Worked at, at that time. She was hired by a very famous comic. She was. Uh, that comedian's i don't want to mention his name uh that comedian's musical director mm-hmm. for a um, national radio show that he had okay and she was kind of like his um she did everything. she's capable mm-hmm. super super capable mm-hmm. uh, she just a wizard at the com- at computers and yeah and um organizing things she's, she's so she's very of, smart? Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous, way more mature than I am. <laughs> way more mature. She's way more mature than me. I, I'm, 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 I'm no, um, it's it's insane how mature she is, and mm. she comes from a different culture, which is incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Cuban culture. I mean, how is that different from what you're accustomed to? Well, family
1: is huge. You know, Latin. Yeah, Latin yeah. Family very important. Uh, Which I had no idea You know, I ran away from my family From the age of 12 Um, Very, very, very hard Um, And Cubans, I discovered Are known as the Jews of
0: the Caribbean Interesting Yeah, I didn't know that What what is it about that? Is it about their particular political
1: Worth ethic, the sense of humor
0: Just being under communism Does that impact any of it?
1: No, that 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 was unfortunate. And mm-hmm. uh, having that, a dictator. Cra- Castro was an, an unfortunate blight. You know, he did take care of some of the um, gangsters that were in, in Cuba at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's possible that Cuba was better off with the gangsters. Yeah. Because uh, he was a gangster. Sure. And he really fucked up that country. Yeah. He fucked it up big time. Yeah. And I was glad to see it open up under Obama, because mm-hmm. uh, Cubans could use a little economic freedom, s- freedom, yeah, and a, a little bit of you know being able, able to go to Cuba. My wife and I actually went to Cuba about nine years ago. We were filming an anti-Castro movie in Havana.
0: You guys were? Yeah.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, we were part of a crew. Mm-hmm. My wife was in charge of organizing the crew. Yeah. And the uh, government didn't know we were there. Mm-hmm. And had they known we were there, I might not be here. Okay, wow. So it was that risky. That's pretty exciting. It was more than exciting. It was scary shit. Yeah. Scary. Wow. A lot of fear. Fortunately, I found a Cuban band in uh, in Old Havana. And as soon as we I met them, I told them I was a trumpet player. And it, within two minutes, they had a trumpet for me. Oh, they found wow. the trumpet because you don't take computers and your instruments into Cuba, because they will take it. They will, when you go in, they will just take it from you. Okay. So I didn't have a trumpet with me, and they found the trumpet. I got to play trumpet every day in the band, and I was scared most of the time, but as soon as I played the trumpet, I was fearless. The sound of the trumpet made, reminded me about who I was. Wow. And I was fearless, and it was incredible and then when i stopped when the band when the gig was over the fear would come back because you could get arrested for
0: uh, sure for being there wow yeah, is that something that, they could take away your instrument but they can't take away like right. that's who the you pa- are. that's the power of art
1: that's why comics and ballet and all the arts are so important because it's you have to be fearless and dedicated watch about watch people in ballet the uh, the energy and the work they put into their bodies to do the things they do which are miraculous. You know you can you can see it on TikTok. <laughs> you could see every now and then a ballerina will do something on TikTok that's astounding compared to the thousands of pieces of shit that's on TikTok. Yeah. You'll see this one ballerina just do something, oh my god, how the fuck they do that. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's f- picturesque poetry.
0: So you have to be fearless. And dedicated Yeah Those two things Helps Yeah Helps It's art Did you always have that mature outlook on Comedy as as an art form? Like well, Only or, when I was able to break through the self-loathing Let's talk about that <laughs> Cause <clears throat> I've talked to you before about The biggest struggle I've ever had is Self-doubt self-loathing uh starting out at anything because you begin anything by doing it badly mm-hmm. and then w- when you get a few months away from it you realize how bad in fact that was and uh and it just messes with your head and if you receive criticism or like that can just those negative thoughts can just accumulate mm-hmm. and it can be really uh it can be really hard But at the same, you don't want to be delusionally positive, but you also don't want to beat yourself up too much. So, so talk about that. I don't even have a question. I'm just well. You said an
1: interesting thing
0: that delusionally positive,
1: negative thinking is a delusion. Okay. I mean, negative thinking is one of the biggest lies that we can tell ourselves that we're not good enough. And, you know, I learned that early on in my life, that I wasn't good enough. It got drilled into my head. And that happens to most people. And, you know, the, the quickest way to stop thinking you're not good enough is to drink alcohol. And all of a sudden you can talk to whoever you've been terrified of because you can't. I can't talk to them because I'm not good enough. I want to talk to that woman. Oh, God, she's too good for me. Yeah. You know, I can't talk to her. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to dance. I can't dance by myself. I don't want to go out and dance. I don't want to be embarrassed. I can't sing. I'll I'll disturb the neighbors. There's a zillion negative thoughts mm-hmm. that everybody has. And they're insanely incorrect. Right. You know, they are they are all designed to destroy creativity. And creativity is one of the most powerful forces. It's a it's you know, people believe in God or are, a, high, a power greater than yourself, or a higher power, or whatever you want to call it, it's uh, it's creativity, and which is magnificent. Mm-hmm. It it makes us be the magnificent things that we really are. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily positive, but compared to negative, it is positive. And to stay on that track, a positive track, is very difficult in a negative world. Yeah, it's very hard. And. Everybody wants to put you down one way or another. Yeah. And it's foolish. It's it's it it means that they're scared. Sure. And they've copped to a a, a life of mediocrity. Right. You know, you and It's not what artists are about. Artists are about uh excellence. Yeah. You know, and and discipline mm-hmm. and practice and uh and those are the good things. And I was—I found it hard to practice. I found it hard to rehearse because I wasn't good enough, or I didn't have enough self-respect to give my to give my in, my in, innate talent the respect it deserves. But I knew it was there because every now and then come out, yeah. And I was oh my god, wow! Look at that. That's who you are. You don't want to. Ever, you don't want to ever stop being that because it's so much better than being an an unhappy son of a bitch. <laughs> Or you know someone who's just negative. Yeah. You know when I get off the comedy stage, I love everybody. Uh huh. I love everybody. Right. You know I don't. I I got no no judgment. It's just laughter, Uh which is so deep and so healing. Yeah. It's it's healing. Make people laugh. It's a great gift.
0: It is. It's so helpful to hear you say all that. Hopefully, anybody listening, because uh, to me, it's helpful to hear that those feelings are normal. Because there's a part of you that thinks you're crazy. You're the only one thinking that like it's all kind of, this isn't the way to operate. You're off on a crazy tangent.
1: <laughs> what need, are you doing? You need to go to an AA
0: meeting. <laughs> well, I did quit drinking. I didn't do an AA approach, but. Uh, go to an AA meeting. And so yeah.
1: people, the biggest thing in an AA meeting is people talking about negative thinking and how, debil- you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not good. I still, you know, I've been to AA meetings in the United States and I'm not saying the AA is the only way, you know, mm. there's other ways mm-hmm. I for me that happened to work. I went to AA meetings in Croatia, in, in Europe. Right. I'm thousands of miles from my, Yeah. and what do I hear in Croatia? A guy speaking Croatian, which I don't understand. And the lady next to me, uh, It was spoke English and Croatian. And Uh I said, what is he saying? And she said to me, he's saying how much he hates himself in fucking Croatia. (laughs) So it's not not an American problem. No. Uh. Look at all the Russians drinking vodka. Why? To stop the self-hating. Yeah. You know, whenever people drink, it loosens them up and allows them to be social. It allows them to the freedom to talk. Yeah. They need whatever that is to block out the negative thinking, just long enough to get them to open their mouths. And then, of course, you drink too much, you become an asshole. Yeah. So there are other ways to get rid of negative thinking. One of so one of the best ways is to meditate. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people, I don't want to meditate. I, my mind is too busy. That's exactly why people should meditate. Because yeah. it's just another uh, a bunch of shit going on up there that yeah. doesn't need to be paid attention to. And what really needs to be a paid attention to are the thoughts that come into your brain that have nothing to do with your thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. just, somebody, I think it was uh, the guy that wrote Thoreau, um, he wrote Walden. Is that Henry he, David he, Thoreau? Yeah, Henry David Thoreau, Walden Pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I visited that pond, which is really funny, because now there's a big sign at Walden Pond. It says, no ice skating, no loud talking, no no picnicking, <laughs> no this, no that, no this. You know, you're at Walden Pond, the, yeah. the homeland of freedom of thought. Yeah. And there's all these things you can't do. Uh, but the idea is to just it, not transcend negative thinking, but learn how to ignore it. Sure. And let the positive stuff come through
0: Yeah Well uh, Being Like I stopped drinking a little over a year ago And I think my first year being sober Was uh, Definitely better uh-huh. than, than drinking uh, But the stuff that you're just more aware of everything yes so you're more aware of negativity yes you're more aware of who you are it's like yes so i kind of look at it like i was uh i was always this much of an a-hole i'm just now aware of it so that's now what do i do about it so i was like all things considered i'd rather know it and look at it than than not it's just it's a lot i understand why people drink it's nice to be able to shut off the consciousness switch for a a little
1: very brilliant thought david is it? That's a brilliant oh. thought. To be, to be aware, to stop drinking, that's what people in recovering deal with. You know, I spent a lot of years, I stopped drinking and drugs on my own without, without meetings. Mm-hmm. And my negative thinking got louder and louder and louder because I could hear it more and more and more. But I didn't know how to deal with it. And recovery taught me how to deal with it. Okay. And it, it also taught me Little did I know that there are conventions for AA and NA, and they love comedy.
0: Right. So, this is a great segue. Your professional comedy career, you performed everywhere. Like, you get booked everywhere. Yeah. But you've done a lot of shows with Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: AA, NA, that's Narcotics Anonymous, DA, Debtors Anonymous. Okay, because it's the same shit. Using using credit cards is the same, you know. I feel like a piece. I'm a piece of shit. I can't do this. Oh, I got a credit card. I'll buy something. I'll feel good for a second because I I got I did a credit card. But a credit card will kill you. Yeah, you know the debt. The oh yeah, now I owe 29 percent. You know I have I'm paying 29 percent interest. Yeah, on a credit card. It's insane. Sure. Who invented that. It's, Sure. Holy shit, that's crazy! And then there's sex and love addicts. Yeah, that which is, and then there's sex addicts, There's sex and love addicts, and sex addicts.
0: So what's the difference between those two? Huh? Sex and love versus just sex addicts. Sex and love addict is in, is addicted to the romance of the whole thing. Well, they like
1: to call. They're all fucking. Everybody's fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the sex addicts are fucking risky fucking. Just mm-hmm. fuck anybody on the street Fucking on the way to the meeting Yeah <clears throat> um, And there's no There's not a question of love It's anonymous sex Right And the sex and love addicts Think that their fucking Is connected to love Okay Is an, gotcha. an emotion And it could be yeah. But it's still Just They're just every, You know I, I've been there I've been fucking the wrong person I've been fucking people I didn't want to fuck Yeah And um uh, that's another addiction. Yeah, it's just another addiction. Sure. Orgasm,
0: a drug, another drug. Yeah. So, so you did show you you done comedy shows at all of those um, environments for like those those groups. What are those shows like compared to just a show for the general public? Way more honest. Yeah. Yeah. Way way. Uh,
1: there's a lot of content you can talk about in twelve for twelve step programs that you really can't talk about to people who are sitting there drinking. Mm-hmm. Of course they're drinking. and you know? But that doesn't denigrate, you know, the importance of doing comedy for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that it is a different audience. Yeah. And I'm learning, you know, I'm, this is one of the things I'm learning is how to deal with an alcoholic audience. How do you deal with an alcoholic audience? Uh, it's not just alcoholic. It's just learning how... You know, we all have a certain way of... How do I translate what I perceive and what I think? How do I translate it? How do I communicate that to other people?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes a joke will come to me and I'll say it, but it's not understood because it's just the punchline. Sometimes... How do I say this? Sometimes... Jokes come very easily to me, but they need to be explained a little. There needs to be a setup for the punchline. I get the punchline and then I have to figure out a setup that makes the punchline accessible to other people who don't get the punchline without the setup. Right. And I think that's the best I the best way I can say that.
0: Okay. So So it might have to be a different setup for an alcoholic audience. Or for an audience to to really get it Usually
1: But um, you know The longer I do this for regular audiences um, Or the older I get Or the The more compassionate I get Or the more love that's in my life Love is a great uh, You know having a kid has helped me communicate has taught me a lot about love and has helped me communicate myself if i can communicate to my daughter i can communicate to anybody mm-hmm. you know if i can if i can translate what i'm thinking to my daughter then i can translate it to anybody and that takes phenomenal patience
0: how old is she 7 now she's seven. she's 7 yeah so she's at that age where you can have Oh, she was listening to my she colors. was
1: listening to my monologues when she from the moment she was came out.
0: Did you censor any of it? <laughs> huh? Did you censor any no, of it? No, not a word. What? Not a word. She her, knows everything. Her little ears. She knows everything. She's gonna say your cunt's gonna be your first word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's I know. Fine. that's okay. Yeah. No, I don't I was... No, so uh she... so communicating to your daughter, that helped you.
1: It helped me be a better person. Mm -hmm. She's helped me be, she's helped me be a better man, she's helped me be a better human, she's helped me in every conceivable way that I needed help in, because I was uh, arrogant, uh, because I'm smart, and I wasn't smart about being smart. I was smart and angry, Yeah. you know, and I, I came up with some things early in my career that were very intelligent. And i was living in a city that didn't understand that and i didn't know how to say it mm-hmm. so i had to learn how to, and that's not dumbing down it's just learning how to be human yeah that's and connect with other humans and connect with other people not yeah. just uh a, a few people uh-huh. so it's, it's you know i've worked for i've done comedy for uh, what's that clinic uh, the mayo clinic um, You know Really really Supposedly intelligent people Mm -hmm. And really And people Prisoners Mm -hmm. Same monologues Same jokes Mm -hmm. I've learned how to You know Communicate with everybody And it's It's wonderful It's enlightening And it's It's a relief It's a fucking relief Is what it is
0: Why is it a relief? Because you're not a Like Because I'm not being Misunderstood anymore mm Mm-hmm
1: you know, and I find that my dilemma in life is the same dilemma that everybody has. You're connecting with it's that. It's the same fucking dilemma. Same yeah. problems. Smart, stupid. Everybody has the same problems. Yeah. You know, same. It's life. Yeah. Life on life's terms. That's another saying we have in recovery. Life on life. Learning how to live with life on life's terms, without drugs or alcohol. Or right. Alcohol. Right. And the the deal is, no no drugs, no matter what. No matter what happens in your life, someone dies, someone fucks you over, yeah. no matter what, and don't blame anybody right no, don't blame anybody for anything. Yeah. find out what my part if if I want to blame somebody, find out what my part is, and look at that, sure, what was my part in it.
0: sure, um, but don't hate yourself either, right? Try not to yeah, <laughs> you sighed. would you say that Try not to, yeah, um. Wow. Yeah. The other uh, expression that I liked that you shared uh, where on the phone was don't believe everything you think.
1: Yeah, that's not mine. That, I, I saw that on a bumper sticker.
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't mean to say it was yours. Yeah. But, um That one, again, I think ties into like the negative thinking.
1: It's incredible
0: aspect. Yeah. You can really beat yourself up.
1: People beat themselves up all the and all these people you hear about them and they they you know bosses CEOs who rant at other people and they rage at other people and they insult other people those people can go fuck themselves just go fuck yourself you're making how much money are you making yeah. and you're ranting at other people
3: uh-huh
0: yeah Le- leave the planet. <laughs> You you Shut know the fuck uh, up. this is hilarious. You know uh, Adam Schulte, yeah. the other Jewish guy who hosts yeah. the uh he was talking about cancel culture or something. And uh he, he said something about kind of similar somebody ranting about something and he said leave the planet cuz you're not doing any good, but he said the same exact phrasing. I thought that was an interesting connection between the two of you. Um I've been thinking about that
1: a lot in connection with the death penalty yeah because uh, there's a lot of people on the planet and it's just i really think i think there should be no more killing in god's name did i talk about that the other night
0: um on the on stage
1: yeah i think i might no i didn't i didn't think
0: i, I don't did. think i heard that
1: yeah it's like don't no more killing if you want world peace no more killing in god's name if you want to kill use your own name you know <laughs> <laughs> killing in the name <laughs> uh david yeah just be nice you know but we have all these religions that that people take so seriously mm-hmm. and the religions, look, the ultimate truth of life
0: is that everything, nothing's separate, nothing. So nothing. you have a unified theory of things like whatever that is, nothing' separate. Nothing
1: is separate, not a blade of grass, not a piece not a grain of sand, not a not a drop in the ocean. Not one person, not one animal, everything. This is. seems
0: like a holistic, this seems like Eastern thought, maybe. Is this, is this a Buddhist thought? This is a, this is a, a scientific truth. Okay. M- Buddhism, you know, great. They're, hey,
1: there are Buddhist. I don't pro- even know
0: Buddhism at all. I was just thinking that's what it sounded like to they're me. There are Buddhist terrorists.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> what are you going to go meditate and then kill somebody? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. No, but everything is connected. King Solomon said it thousands of years ago. He said nothing is separate. The Indians knew it now the Indians aren't perfect people either but they knew that when they killed an animal they said as they and they, they would see the spirit of the animal leave the body
3: mm-hmm. they would
1: say a prayer to the spirit thanking the spirit for the meat right they chopped down a tree they would say a prayer to the spirit of the tree as it left they could see it
3: mm-hmm. and
1: then they would say thank you spirit for the wood right so all these spirits that's what we are spirits right. they're all connected sure and the air is filled with spirits. We are breathing spirits right now, mm-hmm. and people don't think about that because we're too busy trying to get laid,
3: <laughs> yeah, totally or about. whatever, make yeah. a
1: living, make a dollar, yeah, be, be better than somebody else. You know, right. I just want to be as good as I could be. That's right. all I want to be. I don't want to be better than somebody else. I want to be as good as I can be.
0: Do you feel like when you're doing well on stage, you're more in tune with that kind of uh, spirit, as you describe it? In some ways,
1: yes. In some ways, it's it's planned. When it's I'm, contrived. When yeah. I'm, it ha- when I'm improvising, that's something else. Yeah. Then I'm present, completely present with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've seen me do that. You've seen me just say things to people on, in the audience. Yeah, of course. And that that is home
0: free. Yeah.
1: That's home free.
0: You know Gary Shanling.
1: Well, I know who he as is. As a comedian, or of him. Yeah,
0: I don't know him. <laughs> yeah. But he had a, or uh, rest in peace, I guess. He uh, he had a quote that really stuck with me. He said, I'm not seeking to perform uh, uh, except as an insecure defense mechanism. What I'm seeking is to be honest in the moment yeah. and in, in touch with that instinct that tells me how to be. Yeah. That's talent. Is what he said to Charlie Rose in that interview. And I was like,
1: wow. That's exactly what it is.
0: Because that's, I relate to that and how, and I've only done it accidentally, but when stand up works. (laughs) Accidentally. (laughs) Yeah, it is truly because the same material doesn't work when you're not in tune with whatever. You're not free. You're, 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 I was motivated by, I was worried. I was whatever. I wasn't, you know. And and with me, like I rarely improvise, because um, I just don't know how to yet. But uh, <laughs> uh, with material, I'm talking about. But um, when it does work, it's crazy. The feeling is is unlike anything I've ever felt. One before. improvisation is worth a million jokes. Yeah, it's just
1: being in, being present in front of people uh-huh. and funny is. Uh, you know, I have I have a thing. I would get nervous on stage. I remember. Watching myself get nervous and I would you know, I'd be up there with my lines and my memorized and everything memorized and I'm doing really well. Of course, I memorized some good shit. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, but it's memorized and it's an act. Sure. You know, and then that's not really what I wanted, you know, but it was what I needed to do to at least get on stage and make some money and do a gig and be responsible and have an hour's worth of material. Mm -hmm. But it was stiff sure and i would notice that if i need and i needed approval yes and i noticed when a joke didn't work i would get nervous i wasn't getting the approval i craved and it would fuck me up because i was stiff mm-hmm. and i would also notice that my sphincter was tight <laughs> uh-huh. this is a this is basic biology yeah so now what i've learned to do whenever something like that should happen I check my sphincter, <laughs> and I say, "David, take a breath, relax the sphincter, and, and improvise." Uh-huh. And it works. You, I can't do anything right when my sphincter's tight. That's uh, all there is to it. That's that's another T-shirt. That's my motto. <laughs> I should put it over my fireplace. Yeah, I can't do anything when my sphincter's
3: tight. Uh,
1: And everybody You know so many comics They get up there With set lines And la da 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 -da 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 Yeah But it's a phase Yeah It's a phase To get to the next phase To get to the next phase Until you fucking die (sighs) Then then you don't have to Tell any more jokes
0: (laughs) Gosh do I have to Keep doing this It's like
1: But it's probably A big joke Right at the end yeah, it's probably a huge motherfucking joke. I can't you crap imagine. your
0: pants as you die—that's pretty funny. I can't imagine what that <laughs> j- I can't imagine what that joke is. Uh, well, I mean, do you believe in an afterlife?
1: I believe that there is a vibration in who I am that mm-hmm. makes me who I am. That's I'm, eternal, and I believe that that vibration goes on no matter mm-hmm. what. It, it inhabits space, matter. Mm-hmm. and I believe it doesn't have a name or a form or anything I don't believe I'm going to go to heaven and see my friends mm-hmm. I don't believe in that at all I think that is the big, one of the biggest lies that religion has, has brainwashed people with the whole idea of heaven mm-hmm. are you fucking kidding me <laughs> and, and you're going to find your dog in heaven Here's your Fido who's going to... You don't like that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven? That's such bullshit, I can't believe it.
2: <laughs> and,
1: and you know, the church, there was a, the church actually said that doggies are not going to go to heaven because doggies... There was a time when the church didn't want to accept that animals had souls. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, that you have a soul, people have souls that are immortal. And this is the bill of goods they're selling people that you will go to heaven if you're good and you pay your tithe to the church and you give your money to the church then you go to heaven and you'll you'll live your life you won't even fucking die you'll just be sitting up there in heaven somewhere okay and we have photographs of up there with all the satellites there's nobody up there yeah but your dog finally the church will admit that your dog has a soul but it doesn't have an immortal soul. When the dog dies, its soul dies.
0: Who made this position? Is this is the Catholic Church. This is the Catholic Church. This, oh, is okay. the,
1: this is the pope speaking, not me. This is the this is the <laughs> this, this is like, Pope David Azarov right. about this is, dogs. This is the most recent <sighs> the most recent what he rules mm-hmm. of the church when it comes to who gets into heaven or what gets into heaven. There's no snails in heaven. There's no there's no you know, the only—I don't know. It's
0: crazy. That's some crazy shit. Well, to me, it—it it makes sense that that would be an explanation. There's a lot of people on the world contending with their own existential dread. You gotta, yeah. ha, you gotta tell them something. Um, I don't know what I believe exactly, but it's—we'll uh, figure it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, figure mm-hmm. it out and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you believe in heaven? Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to. Who no. would? Who wouldn't?
1: Notice I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Who wouldn't? I want to see my dog again, Baxter. Rest in peace. He was kind of an a hole. He liked my mom better. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's one of the hardest things to question. Um, I think uh, living life is exhausting at times. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I think whatever it is, it's not what people are imagining if yeah. there is anything on the other side. I don't think it's there's any way it's conceptualized correctly by anyone. Um but I'm, yeah. I don't know
1: yet. <laughs> I'm not an atheist, and nobody can call me an atheist. I certainly believe that there is a power greater than us that is so fucking enormous. Well,
0: I think there's something special about human beings, which is mm. Consciousness is a thing I have a hard time explaining. Yeah. And I I think a materialist worldview is too simple. So I I believe Judaism, Judeo-Christian theology is the most compelling to me outside of I was raised Christian. You know, uh, know, and I I still am a Christian. That's how I identify myself today. So dig dolphins.
1: Dolphins are pretty fucking smart, man. Yeah. And they're talking to each other. Uh They call each other by name. We have finally figured out. That they are calling each other by name. I have a joke about that. Yeah. The joke is, scientists have proven that dolphins can call each other by name. So you would think that if they can call each other by name, they have a language they can talk. Yeah. But scientists won't cop to that because they haven't proven it yet. That's the problem with science. Uh-huh. So a typical, con- according to scientists, a typical conversation between dolphins would go like this. Gary! Phyllis! Peter Yeah Just calling names out Right They're talking to each other Trees are talking to each other We have equipment now That can That measures Conversations between trees Did you hear Mm -hmm. about that?
0: I did not hear about that The fact I heard That kind of tripped me out The other day Was dogs Can recognize Up to 200 to 300 words Which is about the same vocabulary As a two year old Child Two to three year old And I was like Wow isn't that interesting there's levels of, at least understanding, maybe not two way communication exactly, yeah. but dogs are pretty dang smart. Uh,
1: I remember when I was when my daughter learned how to walk. She was about, uh, maybe uh, almost two years old. We went we were out for a walk, and we walked around the block. And I noticed that she knew where the ha- where our house was.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, "Wow!" And then I realized a dog could learn that in about a week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dogs are smarter in some <laughs> aspects. Um. And that thing I did about the whales singing, that's genius. Yeah. Whales singing, you know whales are talking to each other. Yeah. You know that uh, sharks are talking to each other. Yeah. They're everybody, yeah. everything is talking to each other. Mm-hmm. The consciousness that we have as human beings is not. Uh, you don't think it's
3: special? No.
1: It's special, it's amazing that we're sitting here talking. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal, and that there's all these languages. And we're all saying the same shit, and we're all afraid of the same shit in many different languages, you know. when everybody hates it, them, the, themselves in different languages. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 amazing, but it's not exclusive to people. Mm-hmm. And and the more we learn how to talk to the animals, the more we find out how connected we are to them. That they have the same need to be touched that we do sharks love to be touched we didn't know that until a little while ago no
2: manta,
1: wonder
0: we were trying to t- who found that out this is gonna touch the shark this this
1: lady made friends with a shark uh-huh. and you know there was that guy that made friends with the octopus you heard about that no i don't know oh that my guy. god well tell uh, about the
0: shark lady first. okay well first
1: is the manta rays this couple went out in the ocean and were feeding manta rays uh-huh. and that's unusual to go to a manta ray, because the most people are scared of manta rays. Right. So they go out and they feed the manta rays. In the process of feeding the manta rays, they, they touch the manta rays. Pretty soon the manta rays were coming around to be touched. Not for food. Touch me. Touch me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's fucking amazing. So this lady made friends with a shark. I don't know how she did it. It took her a year, at least a year. Mm-hmm. So she made friends with the shark, and finally the shark felt so close to her that... The shark allowed her to put her hand down into its mouth and pull out a hook that had been in its mouth. Okay. And the shark was relieved. Right. Okay? So the shark swims away and goes to another shark and says, You see that lady over there? Go over to her. She'll take your hook out. The other shark goes over. That lady has now pulled out around 350 hooks from other <laughs> sharks because the sharks are telling, are communicating. To each other That this lady is your friend And now there's photographs Of this lady In the ocean On the bottom of the ocean Petting a shark Wow They need to be touched Mm -hmm. You know the only time A shark is dangerous Is when it's hungry Right Then it's just a shark Stay away from a hungry shark Do you think
0: sharks are capable Of malevolence Malevolence? Killing out of Like they're trying to hurt someone
1: I wouldn't want to go I wouldn't want to It seems that way It seems that
0: they're not capable Or they are
1: I I don't I don't Know that there's a language That we could communicate With the sharks That will help us understand Why they're behaving that way Yeah There's a lot of people That don't know why they're malevolent Yeah And they're just fucking killers
0: Right So what's the difference Between that person and a shark Yeah Well I would say uh, This is one thing in Genesis That they talk about That uh, The Cain and Abel story Where he killed his brother Mm -hmm. Out of Malevolence, because God looked with favor on those brothers' sacrifice. And uh, it was an interesting concept, if you look at it psychologically, of like a breakthrough of like going from being like the shark, where you may or may not be capable, like you're just going off of instinct, or you're in this state of not consciousness to where I want to hurt you. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. just want to eat you. I don't, I hate you. I want to kill you. That instinct might be uniquely human is what i'm wondering uniquely human correct i don't know like explaining horrible atrocities in history like that um like animals to me don't seem to have that necessarily like if a lion eats somebody or a lion you know eats an antelope whatever they eat they're not eating it because they hate the antelope they eat it because that's what the lions do Lines or lines, right? Hey, listen, we're all protein, looking to
1: eat some other form of protein, right?
0: Uh, you know, we and we. I'm have, just trying to differentiate humans somehow, and that's one of the things. The that... only
1: the only way we can differentiate ourselves is that we have um, industrialized protein. We have we have cows slaughterhouses where we're slaughtering animals in the most inhuman ways to feed ourselves. Well, there's that, yeah. So that that's how we take care of that particular need. Mm-hmm. So we're not. Eating each other, we were and we are prone to do that. When times
0: mm-hmm. call for it, people will just eat each other. Sure. Um, but yeah, to me, that malevolence in human beings is—it uh, exists everywhere. Because not just in—I don't have to kill my brother to prove that. I—you could be passive aggressive. You could, you know, be just mean to people, gossip, all that stuff. All that like human beings it. are bad. it's terrible. We're bad. <laughs> so I'm, I'm making the argument that. Like,
1: you know, and, and the whole thing about the Bible, I don't really, really care for either the Bible or the Torah, all the Torah or any of that stuff. There's so much; it's it's all so human. It you is. Know, it's not. Re- I don't believe it's written by God. I don't.
0: You know, I don't. I don't buy any of that. Yeah. Well, I've heard academic lectures on the Bible, not religious in nature, that pulled out some really compelling truths that would not be in conflict with some of the things I think you believe there's some great things in the bible i mean you mentioned solomon earlier you know um things taken allegorically and and if you could detach some of the fundamentalist uh associations that you 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 think right away but just you know detach from that a little bit to hear um i think there's more than meets the eye so versus I, I get
1: a thing from a, a, a group called AISH every day. I get an email from them. It's Jewish Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. There's no doubt that there's enormous compassion. And they say the same things that I believe. Don't talk negatively about other people. Mm-hmm. And I noticed when I was uh, a comic and I was scared mm-hmm. during my scared days. Uh, How many
0: years were your scared days? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, just, when is it over? <laughs> it's like a year in, no. Yeah. I, I would
1: be in the audience, and a comic would be killing on stage, and I would be uh, I would be judging them, uh-huh. judging them harshly. If I walked on stage after judging someone harshly, I would do badly. Yeah, the the whole thing would, would be to stop judging the other comics. Just just not go there. Yeah. It's not worth it. Everybody is doing the best they can to be whoever they are. Yeah. And my job is to be the best that I can be. Yeah. And not let anything else destroy it. I can't let myself destroy that. Yeah. Because that's my own negativity. Sure. You know, being projected onto other people. Right. And that's a waste of time. So
0: would you say, like, stand-up helps you detach from yourself and your ego? Does that help? I mean...
1: You could say it. you could put it that way
0: because i feel like that myself like when when i do badly it's uh yeah i could be in maybe a judgmental state maybe i'm afraid of how they'll react but when i think about all these emotions it's like that's about me like why don't i stop thinking about me and think about giving something of myself to these people Goodness. where we're engaging yeah and, and love the audience and not myself
1: well, love everything, love the audience, mm-hmm. be uh, <clears throat> you know, grow to a point where you're comfortable with what you're saying, and you you're pretty sure what what you're saying is going to work and you have confidence mm-hmm. uh, and you're you're being positive about yourself, even if you're saying something you think is negative, mm-hmm. it will still come out positive if you're if you come from a you know Don Rickles said a lot of negative things, but he said it with a lot of love. yeah, there was always love there, yeah, and people felt that. It's it's an amazing process. Growing up is one of the most beautiful things we can do.
0: Yeah, growing up in general is. It's
1: phenomenal. Being responsible. Yeah. Being a parent.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know. It's phenomenal. So do you feel like everybody grows up just at different kind of different times? I mean do you feel like comedy helps you grow up or hurts you from growing up?
1: No, I think if you're serious about if you if you're serious about what you're doing and you and you're coming from a, a loving point of view and you're creating from a loving point of view, uh, there's a lot of comics that don't do that. They love to get on stage and insult people. <laughs> yeah. And I think what the fuck? That's not funny to me. Yeah. That's not funny to me. There's a deeper thing. It's easy to it's easy to criticize other people. You because you know, we're loaded with faults. I don't see that as being funny. I see, you know, doing something musically funny. Spike Jones was funny. Uh-huh. You know, he did really insane shit. And uh, what, was what was that other guy that played the the conga drums on stage? He was very funny. And he wrestled people. Mm, I forget his name. He was very funny. Jim Carrey's very funny. Yeah, you know. You don't have to go on. And Jim Carrey is great at insult- insulting his paintings. Ever see his paintings?
0: Yeah, I've seen his paintings. His politi- he
1: insults his paintings. The the uh, political paintings, uh-huh. anti-Trump paintings. Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. But for me to go up and insult people, I'm I'm just not there. Uh-huh. I'd rather tap deep into whatever my own creativity is and find something. Positive. Victor Borga, you know Victor Borga, the piano player.
3: No, I'd have um, to look him
1: up. So fun, musically, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just s- high, fu- high humor. Mm-hmm. So funny. Mm-hmm. Um, who else would fall into that? There's a couple of people that are doing really, some lady, some lady was playing the piano. She's playing Happy Birthday as if Chopin would play it, as if Ch- uh, Beethoven played it. And she did all, she was brilliant, mm-hmm. you know, and... This there's a different levels of humor, and I'm just not into criticizing people and making a living that way. I, it's, I don't I don't get it. It's not, yeah. fun, it's not funny to me. I when people do that, I just can't laugh at that.
0: Mm-hmm. Roast battles. Oh my
1: God! <laughs> you don't like those? Oh no! <laughs> I like the roast, the old roast with Milton Berle uh-huh. and all the and Jerry Lewis and uh, Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. Those were genuinely funny roasts with people who loved each other. Mm-hmm. These other roasts are anonymous, you know.
0: Yeah, it's torture, and yeah. they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. Norm Macdonald said something about. Uh, <clears throat> That I I think it was When you're doing A parody of somebody Or you're doing a roast There should be love For the subject Absolutely If there's not It's not really funny It's just Propaganda Or something else It's not comedy It's not comedy It's just It's just the epitome Of
1: self Self aggrandizement Mm -hmm. And where's all that Shit coming from It's not coming from The other person It's you creating Crap out of your own mind About the other person It's Mm -hmm. just some kind of Bizarre projection of your own self-loathing. Yeah, not worth it. Right. That's not the way to. That's not the way to create a peaceful world.
0: Yeah, it's funny because the closest friendships I have are like the guys I played football with in school, in college, and you know we'll roast the shit out of each other. Yeah. You know the guys that you roast that you you know just you give a hard time to. Uh We we all know we don't mean it, and it's like those are the and other comics too. You know you give each other a hard time like. Yeah. But you know you're just messing around. It's like
1: Yeah, sometimes sometimes that can work. I've said I know I've said some funny things at funerals. Have you? But <laughs> yeah, the person's dead. <laughs> but it was still said with love. Sure. Always with a lot that love uh, the the element of love is
0: Mhm.
1: is critical.
0: Yeah. Um well, we're over an hour Oh, boy. And uh, we got to go to this mic soon. What time is it? It's 737. So we got to head there soon. Did you but...
1: send him a, an email or something? I've... We
0: can sign up in person. Oh, I told Adam. Yeah. Online. That, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I sent him a message
0: also. Okay. So we're good. But uh, I always ask this question uh, at the end, but uh, i curious. curious. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you ever received? It's kind of a canned question, and you're given a ton of advice already. So
1: the best piece of advice I have ever received.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My second wife said that to me.
0: Really? Yeah. Are you an overthinker?
1: <laughs> yeah. I write when I when I write a melody on a song. I write eighty pages of lyrics, and I have to boil it down to maybe half a page yeah, gotta edit it down. I overwrite
0: so yeah. you, you being concise is a hard thing for you to
1: no, I can finally be concise because I know how to edit now right so I, and I have the patience to know that um, I don't really it's the f- it's the um the disbelief that it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, things don't have to be perfect, uh, and I'm constantly trying to look. Every thought is connected, you know, okay. in the in the universe, in the scale of things. When you're writing, one thought leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. You can write indefinitely, but I never suffer from writer's block. That is just non-existent. Right. I mean. That's just the way the world is. All thoughts are connected, and once you pick up, and once you're in that that writing space, it's mm-hmm. endless. But you can get off subject, yeah. And then when when I start to go, you know, if you if you're gonna be concise to an audience, you just can't stream consciousness like that, right? Too much. You have to come back. It's like jazz. Yeah. If you there's no melody that the audience can hang on to then you're just blowing for whatever reason you're blowing. Right. And there's no communication. That's called avant-garde. <laughs> you know, or free jazz. But there's got to be some kind of melody, you know. Right. Even if it's just 10%. So, yeah. And my wife said to me, my second wife said to me, and she saw me typing away pages and pages and pages and pages. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and, and I hated her for that. I hated her for that. I said, I'll show you.
0: I like that advice. Yeah. 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 All I th- right.
1: I think better off just keeping, you know, be on point, keep it concise, say what you. Lenny Bruce was concise.
0: Mm-hmm. Just. Well, yeah, I appreciate. It. I struggle with that. Uh, I think I, I might have mentioned this at a different interview, but my first college professor I had, I had a big vocabulary and I liked to show it off uh-huh. when I wrote essays. And I turned in my first paper. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, I would use the five vocabulary. It was not concise. I had a point, but you had to like... Yeah. And it was... I He tore me up. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. He said, just say what you want to say. I don't care what words you use. Get to the point. Right. And, you know, that would have cut my five-page paper down to one probably. Right. And, uh, yeah. Helpful to know that. Be, sure. you know...
3: Yeah Just uh,
1: Here is the greatest piece of advice It comes from uh, Aristotle Love Aristotle Okay go ahead What doesn't add Detracts Okay It's fucking brilliant (laughs) Could you elaborate on that really quick If you say something You know the dog is beautiful. That's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to say anything more? You're going to detract from that. Sure. So I I cross out adjectives all the time. Yeah. I don't need to describe the noun I'm using. Right. In, in fact, the description in in co- in a c- comedic sense interferes with the audience getting to the noun. Okay. I never use the word that. Okay. I that. Is too much <laughs> <laughs> Right You know just Certain Beacon That which does not add Detracts It's gorgeous Yeah it's, That reminds
0: me of another quote I forget who said it was I would have written you A shorter letter But I didn't have Enough time <laughs> I didn't have the time In other words It took It would take more time To make it concise Than uh-huh. it would uh-huh. To Yeah
1: yeah 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 there's another quote I'm <laughs> making it with quote. The other quote was uh, I am either I am This is William Blake uh-huh. I am either a slave To my own system Or that of another man's
0: Okay So So as a comic You want to be a slave To your own Yeah don't take a job <laughs> Don't take a job. Yeah, I got a job.
1: I know you're a slave to. Uh, whenever I worked for anybody else, I was a slave to somebody else's system. Yeah, because I would, I would work at it. I was, I was a good worker. Yeah, me too.
3: Yeah. So.
1: I think those are the the two of the my the, my favorite quotes.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, we'll definitely have you on again because this was amazing. I really enjoyed the conversation. Good to talk to you, too. Yeah. So uh, at the end, we uh, kind of have the guests share like where you can be found on social media. So your website. I have a website with my name on it. It's very simple. I got your card here. Yeah. DavidZasloff.com.
1: That's it. And, or my, I have a YouTube. I have a lot of stuff on YouTube.
0: I have a channel. David Zasloff channel is it is it just your name all one word david Zasloff? i believe so okay yeah and Zasloff is spelled it'll be on the thing but z a s l o f f and um yeah david's awesome and uh because of his experience unlike a lot of the comics we've had on here i mean you you are a headliner you you know you get booked for uh that amount of time all yeah. the time. so yeah um, professional comics so it's been great But uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Good
1: to talk to you. And it's great to be getting to know you, too. So I really, really dig it. Likewise. And you've
0: been super helpful. No problem, Super helpful, man. No problem. It's been great. It's mutual. So, all right. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.